This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors in our lives, and when we get sober, they can almost feel magnified at first because we're adjusting to feeling all our feelings again rather than using alcohol to numb them. I was honestly really surprised when I got sober at how many emotions came up for me. I remember literally saying, I have so many feelings right now, and it felt really overwhelming having to feel them all. But the great thing about that is that it gave me the clarity and awareness that I had some things to work through, like people-pleasing and like my own self-talk. That's where therapy can be so helpful because because it's a safe space to get things off your chest and begin to work through what's been weighing you down. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. What I really love about BetterHelp is that it's entirely online. All you have to do is fill out a questionnaire and you'll be matched with a licensed therapist and you can switch therapists anytime with no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com happiest today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com slash happiest. There are so many amazing perks of being sober, and one of my favorites is that sobriety allows us to take self-care to the next level, and it gives us such a sense of confidence. There's really nothing like feeling confident in your own skin. That's why I'm so excited to tell you about today's sponsor, One Skin. Their products make it easy to keep your skin healthy while looking and feeling your best. I've told you about how when I got sober, one of my favorite things was starting a skincare routine because that was not something I ever prioritized before, but let's be honest, knowing what the best skincare routine is can be a little overwhelming. That's why I'm excited about OneSkin. There's no complicated routine, no multiple step protocols, just simple, scientifically validated solutions. OneSkin is the world's first skin longevity company. By focusing on the cellular aspects of aging, OneSkin keeps your skin looking and acting younger for longer. Get started today with 15% off using code HAPPIEST at oneskin.co. That's 15% off oneskin.co with code HAPPIEST. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them. Please support my show and tell them I sent you. Hello and welcome to Happiest Sober Podcast. I'm Madeline. Thank you so much for being here. Today I'm bringing you a new guest and this is an extra fun one because not only is our guest today a fellow Canadian, but he's also a fellow Torontonian. In fact, we are pretty much neighbors. Um, This week I'm chatting with Luke Zerato. If you follow him on Instagram, then you might know him as Marathon to Sobriety, but oh my god, what a fun guy to chat with. What an inspiring guy to chat with. He has a really, really incredible story to share, Um, especially because he's so full of life about his sobriety. But as you'll hear him chat about, that was actually not the case for the first like several years of his sobriety, but he's six years sober now. Um, And I know that so many people are going to get so much out of this episode. So with that being said, I'm not going to make you wait any longer. So here is my chat with Luke. Hi, Luke. Hey, Madeline. How are you? I'm really good. I'm really excited for, for today to be doing this with you. Thanks for having me. Oh my gosh. Me too. Thanks for coming. So I was just, we just had a chat before. I was just saying you're my very first guest from Toronto to come on. And we live like down the street from each other. Yeah. <laughs> like down the street, less than a co- like less than two miles, like about three, yeah. just about three kilometers, not even away. Yeah, we concluded it would be a light jog for you <laughs> to, get, yeah. to get from one place to the next, maybe for me a little longer. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. Well, yeah, thanks for coming on. I'm excited to chat and get to hear more about your story. Absolutely. Totally. I'm excited to have you or to, to be here with you. Thank you. 
Yeah. So, okay. How long have you been sober? What's your, what's your sober date? So my sober date is December 31st, 2016. Oh, new year's. Yeah. New year's. I had my last drink new year's before midnight. That's a really cool sober date to have. Cause every yeah. time there's a new year, it's like your, it's your sober anniversary. Exactly. Exactly. And it's oh cool God, because awesome. a lot of my, you know, friends, close friends, they got to, you know, know that. And it's like, I'm, I feel like I get a lot of messages around, uh, you know, new year's like, Hey Luke, what uh-huh. is it now? It's like six, what a seven. It's, it's, it's nice. You know, it's That's an easy so date nice. to remember. Easy date yeah, to remember. Yeah. Right. So you're, you're six years done now. If I'm doing yeah, the six, math right. Six yeah. years in, uh, in three, almost four months. Awesome. Yeah. How about you? You're, how long, how about you? You're, you're like, what are you again? I, I'm November, 2020. So I'm like getting close to two oh, just, and a half years. That's I'm a pandemic time. sober. Pandemic, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That there's a, that's a big there, part there, of it. it. That's, that's really cool too, because I, 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 I'm sensing there's a lot of people too in the same, in the same boat, right? Yeah. Uh, I think so revisiting. many people got sober at that time. Cause, cause we were all drinking so much thanks to the pandemic. Yeah, exactly. A nice opportunity to kind of like reflect and and I'm sure it made it a bit easier because there was less interact, less social yeah, gatherings. Sure. So it's actually for a good sure. time to, to start. So that's really cool. How is it for you? I guess you already had like a few years under your belt at that time. Was it like a tough time in your sobriety at all when COVID no, hit? Not really. Okay. Not really, because for me, you know, I was more of a social drinker. Mm-hmm. So like I, I struggled with the, you know, social anxiety, like a big reason why I drank a lot was just social situations, how to like be confident, you know, get people to like me and, and, you know, try to make people laugh. Like I, I worried a lot about other people. So when, yeah. when I was, you know, COVID and being more of a homebody with the family and stuff, it was even easier because that's when I was triggered. I was triggered in social situations. I wasn't triggered on my own kind of thing. Okay. Okay. So take me, I want to hear kind of about like your drinking days, like take me back. What, what was your life like when you were drinking? Yeah. So I started drinking pretty young. Um, you know, my, my family, so my dad's uh, side are Italian uh, from Italy and like my no, no, which was my, um, my Italian grandfather, he used to make wine at home. Oh, wow. So that was like, he used to make wine at home. And when I was like, 10, 11, you know, I was drinking wine um, with my family, you know, would be called Nono's Coke, which would be half his homemade wine and the other half would have been ginger ale. So he mixed the two and we were young. We were having that with my cousins and it was just, you know, in control, very European, right? You you drink kind of with your family and stuff. So I was introduced young. That's so interesting. Yeah. It's right. So it's like when I went to parties and stuff, you know, my early teens, it wasn't new. Like I had some friends whose parents were really strict with alcohol. Yeah. So they would go be like, wow, like there's alcohol here. Like, I can't believe it. Like, let's, let's go crazy. So that wasn't, I wasn't like that at first. Like I, cause I kind of had, you know, the, the taste at home. I've had it before. So when I first started going to parties, it wasn't so new and exciting, but so it made you more tame almost a little bit. <laughs> You know what? In the very beginning, you think? In the very beginning, I I felt a little bit more tame, but then I definitely had another gear in me, like touching on that, like, you know, people pleasing type thing and really Mm -hmm. trying to fit in, you know, you're trying to fit in when you're young. Right. And everyone's drinking. So I drank and um, yeah, like it wasn't, uh, it wasn't that bad to be honest at the beginning. It really wasn't. It was just your regular kid trying to fit in, you know, trying to try to make friends and and drinking and uh, you know, blacking out and stuff like that occasionally on weekends not every weekend and uh you know never drank during the week you know in school 
I would never really drink during the week and in, in high school and then we you know, yeah. parties like to have fun, stuff like that, but nothing crazy. Okay. So when do you think it kind of changed for you? Like when did it start to become a bit more problematic? Like when you look back, I feel like sometimes we don't really realize even at, at the time until we look yeah. back on it, but like, what do you think? How do you think it progressed? So, you know, high school was very much like weekends, parties, you know, um, that kind of stuff. University, I kind of t- kicked it up a notch. Yeah. I went to, you know, Wilfrid Laurier in. Oh, my Water- sister went there. Oh, did she? <laughs> yeah, I used to go visit cool. her. Some of my first days ever drinking were visiting her. <laughs> yeah. So I, yeah. so I, so you know, I, I stayed there. I lived there. So that was like kind of living with roommates on my own. Mm-hmm. You know, again, you know, learning about myself, finding out about myself. You know. I, I was drinking a bit more like during the week because, you know, university colleges are always an excuse yep. to drink. There's always a, a cheap bar night or something. Mm-hmm. So, you know, again, drinking a lot. And that's when I kind of find that I had started creating this like character where I was like, I put a lot of pressure on myself to be this super, you know, loud, you know, cocky, like party boy, high energy type person. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, whenever there was a party, I was like either on the table making a speech or I'd be dancing on the bar. Like I just loved attention. That's what it was. I just loved attention. I was a bit of a shit disturber and I loved attention. Mm-hmm. So I would seek it and I would seek like, you know, get a lot of joy from making people laugh and just saying inappropriate things. And so it wasn't like it wasn't that bad either at that time. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, I had a lot of, you know, um, blackouts, did a lot of, you know, stupid stuff and all that kind of thing. But it wasn't that bad, to be honest. Like I had a girlfriend all through university, but it wasn't until I came home. So I finished school, moved back home, lived with my parents for a year to kind of save money. And then when I got, when I got a place, um, that's when things uh, kind of took a turn when I was kind of moved into this, moved to the city um, on my own is when I got introduced to drugs. And that's when my alcohol, which, which, which I had a hard time like controlling my drinking as it was. But once I got introduced to like cocaine and and drugs, Mm -hmm. it was never like the alcohol was never enough anymore. It's like, I could have like two, three beers and that was, and that's fun. But it's like, but then there's this other thing that's just going to make it so much more fun. So then I, it was never enough. And that's when things got complicated. That's when things got harder. Yeah. So what did life look like for you then in that time? So that time I just, you know, started work, I was working full time for a big, uh, a, a big um, global technology company. I actually worked there for 13 years. So good stint at the same company. And my weeks were very clean during the, during the week. Um, hardly drank, never used. But weekends, uh, like I, I very much had a work hard, play hard mentality. Yeah. Like I took a lot of pride in my work. And I, and I, and I excelled it in my career. I did really well. So it's like, I, de- I felt like I deserved it. You know, like I'm working hard during the week. Yeah. I'm, I'm taking care of my, all my, my business. Like everything's like pretty decent. It's like Friday hits. Okay. Luke, like you deserve to go all out mm-hmm. for the next two days. And that's what it was. And then I would, and then, you know, I would black out, do drugs. I would party for two days straight without sleeping. I'd go to the a bar after hours someone's house, uh, then bar again after like, it would be like a two day bender. And that's pretty scary. If you think about that. Yeah. Yeah. Just like, you know, 
with doing your body and stuff like that. But I always found a way to show up to work on Monday. Like I, I, I like I could probably count on my hands how many times I missed work because of, you know, my, my drinking or my drugs. Like I showed up, like I showed up to work. Nobody, nobody really knew in the office that I was, that I had been on a 48 hour bender. Like I, I just, I I figured out how to plow through it. Wow. And and I did that for a few years and it's just. What was your like mental state during the week after the bender? Where it was like, I'm never going to do this again. Like I can't do this anymore. This is bad. Um, like I'm not going to do this anymore. Like, I can't tell you how many times I said to myself, I'm never drinking again. Like no joke. I said yep. that to myself probably, I don't know, a couple thousand times. Like, honestly, it was almost like every weekend I would say that. And, uh, was it hard. just because you were like, Oh my God, I can't believe I'm doing this. Or was it cause it was taking such a toll on you? Like how was it kind of affecting you? Like emotionally, do you think after it was just, it was just draining. I almost felt like I was living a double life because not everybody knew this side of me for sure. My family had no clue. Um, for sure. Like a good chunk of my friends, I kept that separate from them too. They didn't know either. Some of my Mm -hmm. good friends, friends I grew up with. Right. So I felt like it was, it was hard, you know, It, it was, it was, it was draining. It was tiring. Um, anxiety, Sunday scaries, you name it. Mm -hmm. Like I was just, I really was like, I was surviving. Like I was, I was surviving and I kept telling myself, it's not so bad. I mean, yeah, I didn't feel good about partying for two days straight, but it's like, it's not so bad, Luke. Like, come on, like you, you have a great job, you know, you have a girlfriend, um, you know, from the outside, like I, I worked out. I didn't look like someone struggling. Right. So it's like yeah. easy to be like, no, look, you deserve that. You deserve to have fun. Life's short. Life is short. So go all out, like have the best time. Why, why you can have an okay time. You're going to have the best time. That was my attitude, you know? Right. So it was, it was exhausting. It was tiring. And I knew like, I knew what, again, like I, like I said, with the drugs, I knew I had to work on something like this, this path I was on was just not going to end well. Yeah. So I started doing therapy. Like I started going to therapy to like moderate my drinking and and like not do drugs. That was my goal, not to do drugs. So I was doing, I was doing therapy for a bit, trying to like moderate. And I just kept disappointing myself. Mm-hmm. I go in with a plan. It would go out the window as soon as I got to the event or party or whatever. And then it's just like, once I had a couple, it's like floodgates would open. And it wasn't, yeah. the interesting thing is it wasn't like every time. Like, it wasn't like every time I had a drink, I needed to have 10. It wasn't like that, but that, that gear was in me. And I never knew kind of when that beast in me would come out. Yeah. That was scary. Yeah. Wow. Isn't it so fascinating how much we can like convince ourselves that what we're doing is okay with us. Like when you know, like objectively that you were struggling so hard and like you'd start every week, like, oh my God, I can't do this anymore. How much we can be like, okay, well, it's not, it's not actually that bad. Like I'm like working my job. I've got this going on. Like how easy it is to convince ourselves. And then it's not until later that we look back and we're like, that it was bad. Cause look at like the the effect it was having. Right. Exactly. Mm -hmm. It it, it takes time to like realize that for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, you have, you have friends that are doing it too. And you're like, Hey, you know, they're, they're doing, they're doing their thing too. It's not that bad. But yeah, like you said, looking back now, like I can't even imagine going back to that lifestyle. Like I can't even think about it. 
Like it yeah. just, you know, it would just like, why, why would I go back to that? Right. You know, you know, there's, there's really no joy out of that lifestyle. No way. Yeah. Because the only joy, joy quote that we're getting is from like the vendors, like yeah. the drinking. Right. Yeah. And the party always ends. Mm-hmm. Right. The party always ends. And then just like, kind of like living with yourself with all of that, like shame, guilt, embarrassment, yeah. stress, anxiety. It's just, it's not fun. Not, not a yeah. fun feeling. Yeah. Did, so did, did your, did your drinking always up until the end stay contained to just the weekends? Like you were just like a weekend binge drinker or, or week if there was an event, like if there right. was like a, a, you know, work event on like a Thursday night or work dinner or something like that, like, or like a nice sunny day, a patio night on like a Thursday night, like mm-hmm. that could ex, ex, um, accelerate quickly and turn for the worst quickly. And that's a thing I never knew when, like when it would come, you know? Yeah. It's just unpredictable. It's just inconsistency that I had. Yeah. So inconsistent. One of your posts that I read, I think you maybe posted it a few months ago that like just like struck me and sticks out is I think you gave like a wedding speech blacked out or do you, do you remember the post yeah, I'm no, talking I, about? I know exactly what you're talking about. It was certain, I, so yeah, go ahead. Sorry. That's okay. I was just going to say like when I read that, I could feel the secondhand like feelings that you would have been feeling the next day. Like it like brought up all my things of like, oh my God, I can only imagine. Yeah. That wasn't one of my best. That wasn't one of my best uh, outings. And I still, you know, I've, I've absolutely forgiven myself. Look, I, yeah. I've completely forgiven myself. And that's not just for that night, you know, your wedding night um, that you spend so much energy, time and money on that just didn't go to plan. I was drinking back yeah. then. But it's like, look, the way I look at things now, it's, um, you know, everything needed to happen the way it did. Mm-hmm. I have not one ounce of regret. I never killed anybody. I never, yeah. I never went to jail. You know, I, I could have done a lot worse than what mm-hmm. I did. So I'm thankful for that. And every little yeah. thing that I'm not proud of um, needed to happen because it's where I am today. So I'm actually thankful now that that happened. But yeah, the wedding one was pretty hard because it was uh, it's just not a good look. Like I just, again, I was in that like people pleasing mode, right? Mm-hmm. So it's our wedding and I just wanted everyone to laugh. And I just went on this like impromptu stand-up comedy act. And I just was like picking people out of the crowd, getting them to stand up and would make like a joke. And like, where did that come from? I was just, I was overserved. That's right. what happened. I was overserved. Like I would never would yeah. have done that sober. Are you kidding yeah. me? No way. No way would I have done that. And it's like, I didn't ruin the night per se. Like my wife wasn't like upset at me. I mean, she wasn't happy, but like, but it just like, put it this way. I haven't watched their wedding video. I cannot watch a mm. wedding video. It gives me, it gives me a lot of anxiety. It oh. really gives me a lot of anxiety. What a shame, you know? Yeah. What a shame. All that money, all that time. But you know what? Like I said, it's okay. It's okay, Luke. Like that, that's that it needed to happen. That happened the way it did. And just be proud that you were able to clean up when you did. And you know, you're doing pretty good now. So just be thankful for that. Yeah. And I think what's 
so great about you sharing a story like that is that we all have stories like that. That's why I was able to like reading it feel like it, like we've all been there and even to just share it. Cause I feel like people who maybe don't even view their drinking as problematic for all the reasons that kind of both of you and I have, were able to be like, well, it's not that bad because of this. We can read something like that and be like, oh my gosh, I've been there. I felt that. Cause like alcohol does that right like it makes us do things that we regret and it's the worst feeling to feel the aftermath of that yeah exactly like regret regrets one of the worst feelings that you can have regret right so anyways like i like i said i'm I'm happy it happened you know the way it did it wasn't you know could have been worse and i just learned from it like at the end of the Mm. day I i got sober uh a few months after that actually uh, so December that year. So we got married in September, 2016. Oh, okay. And in December, I got, so th- literally three months after our wedding, I got sober. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So what, yeah. what led to that? Like what brought you to that point? So just more and more bad things, like more and more episodes, I call them like just nights that like didn't end well things I said or didn't say, or, or just shame, you know, that shame, that, that feeling the next morning, I just, I just had a lot of like enough of it. And at that time I was in therapy, like I was seeing a a therapist and we were working Mm -hmm. on again, my moderation game. And, and I woke up, um, December, just between Christmas and new year's, there was like an event and I got pretty messed up. And uh, I woke up that day, just like really feeling bad. And I was like, okay, Luke, you need to do something different now. So I went on Google. I was like therapist in Toronto. And um, I found, I found somebody who was working between Christmas and new years. And I was able to see him within two hours of making that initial email. Like what are the chances? What are the chances? Rare. Rare. Yeah. He was available. It was between Christmas and new years. I was at my all time low. And I saw him within two hours and this person changed my life, changed my life, changed my life because I've never had anybody talk to me the way he did. Like I had therapists and they were like very professional and like maybe they didn't want to hurt my feelings. You know, I had family who cared about me, didn't know the extent of everything I was going through. Even my girlfriend, you know, she knew what I was going through, but never talked to me like that. This person, um, after getting to know me for about 20 minutes, he said, Luke, you can never be drinking again. Like he just said it flat out like that. Luke, you can never be drinking again. And I had no one say that to me before ever. And I was like, I was like, I was so shocked. I was like, I was like, what do you mean? I was like, I'm half Italian, half French Canadian. Like, this is our culture. Like, what do you mean? Not drink again. Are you crazy? Like, are you crazy? And he's like, look, you can never be drinking again. And I was, and I was debating him in, in the moment, debating him. Uh, we finished our meeting. It was like an hour meeting. We went back to my car and I just couldn't stop crying oh. because I just knew that like there was something there, what he was saying, you know? Yeah. And I was like, Luke, like you're going to, you're going to, you're going to really mess up your life. Like you're really going to mess up your life. Like you, you know, Lisa's going to leave me. I'm probably going to end up losing my job. If I'm just thinking like, if I continue on this path mm-hmm. and I was like open to it, I was like, okay, you know what? Like, let's try it. Let's just try this thing where I'm not going to drink for a certain amount of time. Like I didn't even put a timeline on it. I, did, I never said like, I'm never going to drink again. So he put this therapist, put me into group therapy. So he put me into cam H right. Just on queen, mm-hmm. just yep. not far, right. Just in the West end. And I did a couple um, group sessions with 
um, pretty advanced people in, with drugs, like a really advanced group. Like put it this way, I was sharing a best practice in the meeting. Like I had been, I don't know, a week or some, or two weeks sober. And I was like, yeah, I downloaded an app to keep track of my sober days. I think it's cool to like keep track of my days. I feel really motivated when I see that. No mm. one in the room had had a phone. Like they were all like, you have a phone. Oh wow. So I was like, wow, this is like, this could be you, Luke. Like you're not invincible here. This could be you. This is the path you're on. Yeah. I saw what I needed to see. Lights, bulbs went out in my head. And that's when like the journey started. That's mm. when the journey started. Wow. First of all, the story about that therapist literally gave me goosebumps because what, like, I just feel like that was just like divine timing. The fact that like between Christmas and new year's, but even just to get a therapy appointment in two hours, <laughs> and he was a well, well-rated, time, well-rated therapist. Wow. Not like it was Joe Blow. Yeah. Uh, he was doing a part-time like, no, this guy had like good reviews and stuff like that. And, and it and, just like, happened to be exactly like, he had a window. It was like, yeah, it, it, like it was like, what a moment. What a moment. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So then you went to Cam H and that kind of was like a turning point for you as well. So when you, so then this is leading right in, was this leading into the new year's that was like your final new year's? Yeah, so this was, this was December, 2016 that I had this session, right? December mm-hmm. 27th. And then the group started like early January, 2017. Okay, so you'd already start, right. So I was already so, like, a, like a week or two weeks sober. So that's when it started, yeah. like my, my sessions. I did two of them. Um, and then after that, I don't know, just. Just changed it. Just, just I don't know, being being a, a man, being a male, being, you know, Italian, European, like, I'm going to be honest, I, I definitely had an ego. Like, I feel like yeah. I'm working on that. But, but in yeah. general, I feel like a lot of men in my life, my my father, you know, he struggled with alcohol, Italian man, never talked about it, never talked about it. Mm. So for me, it was like, I knew I had a problem. I'm glad I, I had those moments that I did. I'm glad I got the help when I did and I saw things, but it's like, I still felt like I could do it alone. So that's what mm. I did. Like I, when I was on that path, I, I literally just white knuckled it. I did it on my own. And it was like a really, really challenging time for me. Like it was really, really hard. Yeah. I didn't have any, like any support, didn't do any meetings, didn't have any sort of community, anybody that I knew that was sober. Um, Like I had support from my close friends and family, like my wife. Uh, But other than that, like I was, I was on my own. I felt like it was really hard, you know, really, really difficult going to these events uh, sober and just trying to like find myself and learn about myself, who I am without alcohol. It's really, it was really challenging. So what did you do in those early months? If you were doing it like on your own, what did you do to, to stay sober? I, I didn't go to a lot of events at first. Okay. Or if I did, I would like, I would leave super early. I had a lot of anxiety, honestly, mm-hmm. socially, uh, because it was like, that was my thing, right? I I had a social anxiety and just being with people in public. Like, I just didn't know how to act, especially without without drinking and stuff. So I struggled. I was just, um, you know, I was just kind of like, I was, you know, miserable. Like I wasn't, mm-hmm. um, I wasn't like a fun, bubbly, energetic person that I think I am today. I was, I was more like, I was, I had a lot of shame. Like I looked at my sobriety, like, honestly, it was my weakness. I was like, Luke, you are sober uh, because you are weak. 
you are sober because you can't handle your booze. And that's, that's not a, that, that's, that's bad. That's, that's, that's embarrassing. So wow. like nobody knew I was sober. Like I was in the sober closet. Nobody yeah. knew other than the closest people to me knew. None of my colleagues knew. Um, friends of friends didn't know. Like I, I just, I never wanted to talk about, I was ashamed. And that, mm. that went on for, that went on for a long time where I just had this shame and guilt and just embarrassment about what I was doing. And that when you're feeling shame and you're feeling guilt, like that's not uplifting. Like that's, I'm not bringing that positive. I'm not creating that positive energy. I'm not, I'm just feeling sorry for myself. You know, that's yeah. what, that's what I did for a long time. So what do you think kept you going in that time? I'm so curious because, so you only had one day one then like you quit. on I, New Year's. I only had one day one. Wow. That's awesome. Cause that's kind of rare. And yeah. What do you, so what do you think? I'm so curious. So you have, you have one day one and then you're in this place where you don't really have a community. You're doing it on your own. You're viewing it as this terrible, shameful thing about yourself. Like what do you think kept you sober then in that, in that time when you were in that dark place? Like I, I can imagine it must've been, it must've felt a little bit like, is this even worth it? If I oh, quit yeah. drinking and now I just feel terrible about like my life and myself, like, yeah, what yeah. kept you going? That, that's a great question. And what kept me going, honestly, was like I touched on my dad a little bit, mm-hmm. right? Being uh, struggling with alcohol. He was an amazing dad, an amazing man, just an awesome guy. Everyone loved my dad, but he struggled with alcohol. And I remember him and my mom arguing a lot about his drinking. And that was something that was kept private. Like nobody knew my parents uh, argued about my dad's drinking. It was kept private. Nobody knew. But I, been the eldest of two, I was very aware of what was happening. And I cried a lot as a kid. I cried a lot as a kid. Every time they fought, I cried. And, and 90% of their fighting was about his drinking. And I just knew that I didn't want to be like that. Mm-hmm. I just knew I didn't want to raise a family where alcohol, there was, there was struggle with alcohol. And that be like, if we're just thinking about it, like that was my why. I, I always wanted to have a family. I wanted to be a dad. And I just never wanted want to put my kid through that. And that became like so exciting for me. Um, and that that was like my why that kept me that kept me on on the course when I felt like shit. And when I was not in a good place, is that why and and it's like, it, it helped me. It, it, it helped me a lot. And it's like, now looking now, you know, I have a three and a half year old. And she brings me so much joy. And, you know, she never met drunk daddy because I got sober before she was born. She never saw me struggling, never saw me pass out on the floor, never saw me pass out on the couch, never saw me fight with mommy about my drinking. Mind you, my wife and I still argue. Okay. I'm not perfect. Far from perfect. I I hate, like, I don't want to be anywhere near perfect, Mm -hmm. but like we still argue, but it's not about my drinking. It's not about my drinking. And it's never like your lows are nearly, not nearly as low. And my highs aren't as high either. And that's okay. I'm just looking for more consistency in my life. So that, that brings me a lot of joy. And it's like, I've, I've developed so much like personal growth and momentum that like my why now is kind of changed a little bit. Like it, it was for the family and my daughter and she, she's still my why, like she's my entire world. Um, but it's like, now it's like, I've grown so much that I want to keep the, on this path. Like I have all yeah. the reasons to, to do one more day to, to not drink today. Right. So that, so I get a little emotional just talking about this stuff, but um, it's been a journey. It's been a total journey for sure. 
Wow. That's yeah, that's a powerful why for sure. Um, oh my gosh. So when do you think, because obviously looking at you now, you're the furthest thing from viewing sobriety as a weakness from what I can gather and feeling that shame about it. So when do you think that change happened? So the change happened with uh, something about a sober anniversary. Like I was approaching my five-year mark and something about five years that just, you know, I was like, look, like five years, that is such a long time. Be friggin' proud of yourself for a second. Like take time to reflect on how cool that is. Be proud. And I had just, um, I had been running. I, I found a passion two and a half years into my sobriety that was like running, long distance running. And I hated running growing up. So I was never a runner, you know, in school and university after, like I hated running, very active, but I hated running. And it was, I found running and I really enjoyed it. And I ran a lot. And, um, you know, I like, I doubled down on it during COVID. All the races were being canceled. Um, everything, like the world was shut down. I just started running, like running, like six, seven days a week, got a running coach, took it very seriously. And it was around that five-year mark that I qualified for the Boston Marathon. So I qualified on my first ever marathon. I qualified for Boston, worked my ass off, worked my ass off. But then when I qualified and it was like my five-year anniversary, I was like, Luke, what a nice like, story. Like be freaking proud of yourself. You're five years sober. You just qualified for Boston. You, you've gone through this complete transformation. Be proud of yourself. So that was like, so that's what I did. I was like, okay, I'm, I'm ready to like, let my colleagues know what I've been through. Let people, you know, friends of friends know, like, how do I do that? So I was like, how do I share this? And at the time, you know, my Facebook account, private Instagram account, private, everything was private. I was like, I'm going to do a public post on LinkedIn. I work for a global company. Wow. I was like, I'm going to go big here. That's gonna, like going I was, big. <laughs> I was so scared. On LinkedIn. Wow. I was so scared. I went back and forth. I had been visualizing this thing for about six months. Wow. Literally six months. I went back and forth, back and forth for six months. Um, and then when I hit my five year, um, I got the notification that I was going to run Boston that year. I was like, this is the time, Luke. This is the time. I had it all written out ready to go. No, can't do it. And no, I can't post it. This is crazy. This is crazy. So anyways, I, I, I hit the post button, not knowing what was going to happen. And I just felt such a relief, such, um, such a liberating thing to have this like secret. Cause that's what it was. It was a secret, wow. a shame that the I kept in five years I... and I let it out yeah, for five years and I let it out and I just felt so relieved. And, and I just felt so empowered and and proud of myself and it's just like ah, it's out in the universe and that's when like that was a that was a very pivotal moment for me where i like i started changing my mindset and attitude around this whole thing i was like look you, like you're you're a sober badass like be be friggin proud of yourself man that's cool so that's when it started that's when like this loop 2.0 came it's it didn't even come <laughs> didn't even come from like being sober at first, it came from like this mental mindset shift that I went through. And it sucks that it took me five years to do that. And that's part of the reason why I'm like so vocal now. And, and, um, you know, I'm really trying to help people with my sober coaching and, and all this stuff is because you don't need to go, you don't need to, to be sober X amount of days to like make that mindset shift where you're proud of yourself 
you're and you are shifting your mindset as a, like as a, instead of a weakness as a strength you're connecting with other people you're feeling that community like you don't need to wait for x you know two days you can do that on day one so i want yeah. people to like learn from my mistakes and all the struggle that i went through like don't do don't do it my way don't do it my way my way was not good my way was hard very hard wow that's that's such a cool story because it really is like obviously not drinking you need to not drink to be sober but like we can be not drinking and choose to feel miserable and like victims and like our life sucks because of this and like we're embarrassed and all of that or we can choose to you know have the mentality that you have now and it's almost like you have your like first you have like two sober milestones it almost feels like like totally. there's like no, that's your a, sober date and then like sober 2.0 now I'm yeah. actually like owning it <laughs> it's true no madeline so well put that's exactly what it is and you don't need to have that second moment later you can have that like you can make the two moments together and i get it everyone has their own path everyone has their own journey this is my story everyone's is different and i love that component of it but you're right it's like it's you know it, it's what you make of it it's it's what you make of it and you know there's a quote that uh, that really resonates with me henry ford says you know whether you think you can or think you can't you're right you know what my mom used to have that quote on my fridge come on yeah yeah wow that's cool i look i uh, you got a cool mom. You got a very cool mom. She's sober. My mom's sober. I saw she was on your show yeah. the other day. Yeah, she, had, she, she comes a on a fair amount. Yeah. How cool she's, is that? So cool. And just That's like so cool. you, she got sober before I was ever born. So wow. I, just like your daughter, never saw my mom drunk, never saw wow. her drinking. And I feel very, very lucky for it. So your That's... daughter's really, really lucky to have wow. a sober dad. That's awesome. Props to your mom. That is so cool. It's like, what a nice <laughs> special bond you have, yeah. you know, to share yeah. that together. That's yeah, so special. It really is. That's so special. Uh, um, oh my gosh. So how do you feel now? Like what's sobriety like for you now? And it's funny. I feel like I was going to ask, like, what's your sobriety like compared to your drinking days? And I almost want to hear like, there's three phases. Like when you c- kind of compare your life to now to like your drinking days, as well as kind of those early days of sobriety where you were sort of like resistant to it. What are, like, what's the difference? I just feel so much more alive. I feel so alive. I feel so confident in my own skin. Mm. I like, if I, again, break down why I drank, why I used, it was a confidence thing. Like I wanted to feel a certain way. I wanted, you know, very much, it was a, you know, depending on other people thing. Like I was, um, you know, trying to prove something to someone else, or I was trying to make people like me. I wanted to feel a certain way. But now it's like, I really feel that I've gotten to know who I am, who I'm not, you know, I'm very much an introvert. Um, I like my quiet personal time, but I also like to be loud. And I like to, I I like to turn it up once in a while and like be, be sarcastic or be like, you know, in your face. I, I, I still enjoy that. And I really feel like I'm just in such a happier place. I'm such a happier place. I'm more consistent. I don't have the ups and downs. My highs aren't as high. My lows aren't as low. I'm more consistent. Yeah. You know, I, uh, and I feel like I'm just the, a better version than I was yesterday. And that's what it's all about. Like this whole sober thing, like even the word sober sobriety has still has such a 
negative connotation. I know we're doing a great job of breaking that stigma big time. Yeah. So many amazing, powerful people, yourself, include your mom, who are just breaking that stigma. I can't even imagine for your mom going through this, like back when she did, when no one talked about sobriety, nobody. Oh, yeah. like, imagine she that. Went to going AA out. at 21 Jeez. when it was like a man's club too, as like, yeah, yeah. She was, she was young. <laughs> That's incredible. Right. So it's like, imagine all that. And, and it's like the benefit of w- what it does for you. Like, you know, my, my energy, you know, my, you know, my, my friendships, um, you know, I just, I'm showing up for myself. I'm all like excited. I'm on, I'm taking this new venture now where, you know, my career wise, I'm, I'm taking a bit of a career path. I got laid off from my company, you know, 13 years, same company, big layoffs, you know, fell victim to that started looking for other tech jobs. I'm still looking for other tech jobs. The market's all messed up. It, no one's hiring freezes everywhere. You know, it's easy to feel sorry for yourself, but it's like, I'm taking a chance on myself right now and I'm just going for it. I'm, I'm, I've been held back by fear my entire life. And I'm just like, for the first time I feel, I feel to just like take a chance on myself, go for it. So it's like, I'm doing the sober coaching and it's scary. You know, I'm learning yeah, a lot about myself, awesome. but I'm feeling so fulfilled. And it's just like, I mean, really enjoying this, this, you know, this, 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 this energy that I have and, you know, just let's, let's see how it all, let's see how it all plays out. But I honestly, I feel like the universe was trying to tell me something. Everything happens for a reason. I got laid off for a reason, you know? Yeah. I was getting paid well and, you know, had a great career, but it's like the fulfillment that I have now, I've never had that before in any job. And I'm, to be honest, I'm making the least amount of money I've ever made in my life. And Mm -hmm. it's kind of scary. I have a three and a half year old. We live in Toronto. It's expensive. It's very scary, but, um, but that's what that's what like that's what the magic happens is when you, is when you're a bit scary, you're unsure, there's uncertainty, but like I'm so excited. I'm just so excited to see what what's how this is all gonna play out. Oh my god, I love it. This is what just makes sober people the coolest because like isn't it so fun to think of like because obviously life is gonna be life. We're gonna have challenges and hard times and like something like getting laid off from your job, I'm sure would have been an excuse to drink and drown your sorrows and party and like do whatever. And the fact that because of like your whole new, not only, not only your new like lifestyle, but your new outlook on life, you're able to view it as like this cool opportunity with like, okay, let me, let me see what else I can do now. Let me try something different. Like this is, this is a chance. Exactly. Exactly. If, if this would have happened back in my drinking days, like losing your job, you know, I would have been like, probably gone off the rails a little bit, like, you know, right. would have uh, used and drank even more to feel a certain way. Um, and, uh, and now it's like, yeah, obviously, I was very disappointed. Uh, my ego mm-hmm. was hurt. Nobody wants to get let go from a job that you've yeah. worked at for so long. I took a lot of pride in what I did, all those things. But, you know, just like, it is like that happened. So how are you going to deal with it today? And I just have well, this clarity, right? Just clarity. I'm, I'm excited. And, you know, let's, let's see how, let's see how it goes. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It's, it's, it's always like new opportunity and things like that. Right. Even if they're kind of hard, cause change is always hard and scary and new things are always scary, <laughs> but yeah. like, yeah, it's a total that, opportunity. That's like the, like for people, like all, all, all your friends and followers that, that follow you're listening today. It's like, recovery and sobriety is like 
such an amazing thing. But it, it, when you're starting, it's so scary because mm-hmm. it's unknown. It's like uncharted territories, right? We've been drinking. I've heard you say for like, you know, decades or, or years, we've been, we've been drinking and using for years. Cause that's just how it is. So when yeah. you're thinking about doing this other thing, that's so new, you just don't know what it looks like. Like, what yeah. does that look like for me? You know, am I going to lose my friends? Are people going to like me? And I'm going to be able to be social. Am I going to be able to go to events? And um, I, I t- right. Not only I'm sure you, you relate to that too. Like it's scary, but then once you've yeah. done it and, and you've put the work in and you've been, you know, you're getting comfortable in the uncomfortable, you're sitting in those raw emotions, you're facing things head on. You're not escaping. You're not running away. You're not taking the easy way out. It's so rewarding. Once you put that work in and you get through it and you have that breakthrough, it's like, it's the best feeling, the best feeling. And again, I'll say it again. I'm far from perfect. Trust me. Like sometimes when I hear myself, I'm like, look, like Lisa, my wife, she hears me sometimes doing these like podcasts. (laughs) You sound so preachy. I'm like, Lisa, I know I can't help it. I'm just like, I'm so passionate about this stuff. So yeah, lose I get the preachiness, you, you know, but like, <laughs> you know what, that's, I, I can't, sorry. That's, that's how I am. When I like something, I'm just like, yeah. I'm so excited, you know? Oh, I feel that. And you know, what? it's not preachiness. I feel like when, what, like, it's like, you've made this change that's made your life so much better. And you just want to shout it from the rooftops and you want to encourage people because for exactly what you just said, it's a scary thing to do. And when you're drinking and the, they're like, you're thinking of getting sober, you almost can't even imagine how life's ever going to feel as good again. Cause you're so used to like relying on alcohol to feel good that like, it's comforting to hear those things. Cause you just like, don't know it's unthinkable because it's the unknown, like you said. So no, I'm with you. It's not preachiness. It's just like, you have no idea how good it gets. Just hang in there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Hang in there. Yeah. Hang in there. Sober curious is a great place to be you know, you're interested. And it's like, we talked about this even before we, I guess, went live and, and your story too, right? Like you didn't necessarily hit a rock bottom, right? Matter like, it's not like, yeah. it's not like you did something so traumatic. You're in the hospital, you know, all these stuff. And, and those stories we're seeing a lot of them, like so much resilience, so much strength that comes from there and nothing but respect for those people. That's incredible. Mm-hmm. So amazing. But like, I didn't relate to that. Right. Yeah. I don't, I'm sure you didn't relate to that either because mm-hmm. our stories, you know, a little different. So it's like a big part of what it makes me so excited is that you don't need to hit a rock bottom. You don't need to lose your job. You don't need to have your partner leave you. You don't yep. need to have your partner give you an ultimatum to know that, Hey, you know, maybe I, sh- I should just revisit this relationship with alcohol. Like what are the pros and cons? What value is it adding in my life? Um, how is it impacting my life at the same time? And, you know, I, I just alcohol free. I really feel like it's, it's just starting. I really feel like in in years and and not too many years, you know, refusing a drink or saying no to a drink will be just like saying no to a smoke, you know? I think so too. I think there's really a change happening. There is a change. And we're just like at the, like we're, it's not starting because there's momentum, but it's nowhere near where it's going to be. And I really do feel like it's just so many more people are just aware, conscious, health conscious, you know, all these reports, all these things that are coming out, these, um, you know, in Canada, right, the two drink, um, the, the the two drink recommendation, anything more than that is like not good. You know, like, there's a lot of studies reporting, like, what do you think of this whole like labels, labels going on drinks on like, on yeah. wine, and it, like, that's really gonna, you know, that's pretty powerful stuff, you know, right? So, 
And at the same time of all this, I, uh, you know, I don't demonize alcohol and I know you don't either. Right. Yeah, like, I'm the same. Right. Like you still have friends. Like you said, your sister, like people in your family still drink. Oh yeah. I'm, right? I really don't mind being around people drinking. It's like a non-issue for me. It's more, yeah. it's, it's my own decision. And I think it's really awesome if other people want to explore that for themselves, but like people want to keep drinking. I'm, I'm fine with it. <laughs> exactly. I feel the same yeah. way. My wife, my wife still drinks. Yeah. Uh, you know, my brother, my, my parent, my mom, you know, they, they still drink and it's like, okay, mm-hmm. like this is, like you said, this is our, this is our journey. It's our path. Not everyone needs to be like that. And that's okay. You choose your, you know, your path. But at the same time, I feel like we are a Madeline. We are leaders. We are leaders. You know, we're standing up for what we believe in. We're doing what feels right for us. We're not going with, with the flow because that's what people do. Like, you know, we're standing strong. And I feel like a lot of my friends anyway, they may not say much to me, you know, like other than mm-hmm. a couple of close friends are proud of me and this and that, but like a lot of people may not say much, but they're watching. Right. And I like to think that I've had some people in my, in my life, in my circle that are just thinking twice about the relationship with alcohol. If you're just thinking twice, that's, that's better than what you were doing before. And that's cool. That, that, yeah. that gives me a lot of joy. Yeah, because you're modeling something different for people because it really drinking is just the norm in our world. It's like what you're just expected to do. And then for you to do something different and then like your life has changed so much for the better, then like that's even just helpful for people to be able to see that. Yep, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Amazing. Okay. So what do you think if you were going to kind of narrow down, do you think there were like any tools or anything you did that really has helped you the most in your sobriety? Um, I think one of the biggest things that helped me was just kind of being open-minded to that self-discovery thing. Like mm. you put down the the drinks and the, the drugs is you, you just naturally are going to learn more about yourself. So be open-minded, try new things. Um, you don't know what, what you'll discover about yourself. Cause you're really relearning yourself. You're like reconnecting yeah. to your, like, your, your childhood. You, you know? really are. I, I feel that way sometimes too. Like, I feel like sometimes in my sobriety, I feel like I'm reconnecting back to like who I was before I ever drank. And it's a really cool feeling. Exactly. So yeah, be open-minded to that. Um, I think like finding, like when you're open-minded, you're trying different things you know, you'll, you'll hopefully find like a, like a, like a passion or something that like brings you joy, something that you actually mm-hmm. enjoy doing. And you have, to, you have to try a lot of things. And for me, that was running, right. It doesn't have to be running. Of course not. But like, I really do feel there's a, there's a correlation, strong correlation between the mind and the body. Like I really believe a healthy body is a healthy mind. So like fitness is, is such a big part of my recovery and my, 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 my happiness, like uh, it just, it just clears my head. It's my therapy, honestly. So that, that, that's helped me a lot is, is my running. And then just like meeting other people, connecting with other people, not feeling alone yeah. because there's nothing worse. Like I'm thinking of my first, you know, bunch of years there on my own, that was hard. It was dark. You know, it's not fun being on your own, but yeah. there are so many amazing people that are sober and that are just aren't drinking that are alcohol free. So like leaning into that whole community is, is a good place to be. 
Yeah. Oh my gosh. Community is everything. And I just have to ask, because I didn't in the moment, but how was the response when you came out five years later as sober? Yeah, it was overwhelming. Yeah. It was overwhelming. Like good overwhelming? Yeah, it was good overwhelming. Yeah. I had a lot of people, so many people reaching out, people I didn't know, people I knew, old friends, old teachers, um, wow. tons of people I didn't know, like just, you know, relating to me or a family member or someone they know closely or themselves. It was very, it was, uh, that's what, that, like when I, when that happened, I was like, there's something here, Luke, like this is a topic that, especially in corporate, in the corporate world, especially I find nobody really talks about it. And mm-hmm. um, I felt, I don't know, it's just nice to kind of break a bit of that stigma or just, or just have open conversation. And, um, and, uh, and then when that happened, I was like, okay, like, what do I do now? It's like that. I didn't expect that. It was so overwhelming. Like it went viral in a few days, like shared. I don't know. Wow. It, it had like a few million views in like 24 oh hours. God. Yeah. It just, it just took off. It, it, it had like, I, I woke up the next morning and I looked at my phone and I was like, I couldn't believe how many messages I had. Like I was in shock and I didn't like, that was not my intention. I had no clue. Like I was like, wow. And then I was like, okay, so now what? Like a couple of people had reached out and they were like, Hey, we'd love for you to like do a podcast or like talk to us. And I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. This is, this is a lot. Um, I don't know. I don't know. And then I was like, you know what? Like if I'm going to like talk and share, it's like, I feel like I need to have like a repository of all this stuff. Like I can't do it on my private Instagram. I got a lot of you know family stuff there. And it's just like, so I was like, what do I do? So I was like, you know, what? I'm going to create an Instagram account. And when I did that, um, I was like, holy smokes, there's this whole community online of people that are doing the same thing and they're sharing yeah. and how safe I felt and, and inspired I felt. And I was like, wow, I had no idea this, this, this thing community existed. Like I had no clue. I never went online, like sober, like anything. So, and that's when like, I it just started like seeing, seeing people sharing and bringing the fun out of sobriety, showing that sobriety life is not a dark, miserable place. It can be a fun place. You know, you can still be silly. You can still be, you know, all those exciting things. You don't need to be boring and and just like so dull because you're sober. So it's like, I just felt alive and sharing and it's been, it's been like, it's helped me a lot. And like this whole recovery coaching now that I'm doing where I'm like helping people with their struggles, it's helping me too. Like it really helps me. And it, 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 uh, it's been very, it's been a lot of fun. I've learned a lot about myself. I feel like I'm, I'm helping some people. So it's just like, like, I want to continue. I want to continue. And there's so much more to be done. Like there's so much more to be done. And it's just, um, I feel like, you know, it's, it's a fun place to be and you're learning a lot and to give back, there's no better feeling than giving back. Like, I think a lot about like, you know, my legacy, you know, what about my daughter to think about daddy? It's like, I want to like, you know, leave a mark. I want to leave the, you know, my world a little better than when I came into it. Right. Just try to be the light, push people, you know, to push beyond their uncomfortable state because with like running in life, you know, there's so many times you're going to, you're going to say no to yourself and you can't do this. Stop. Don't like, what are you doing? But it's like, when you have that like push through moment and you push through that pain or that insecurity and, and you just come out on the other side, like outside of that comfort zone, like this whole experience, by the way, is outside my comfort zone. 
like to, to think that I would be like speaking with you today, like, it, like before, like I would be like sober, like talking so openly sober. Yeah. Like, maybe if I had a few be- beers in me, yeah, I'd, I'd right. talk to you. No problem. But like, there's just been so much, so much growth that, that that's come from this. Right. And I know, yeah. you, I, I know, you know, what I'm talking about. Oh yeah. Oh my God. To be on a podcast. There's no way. There's no way before I ever know. Yeah. yeah. I, I look at you that. like you're, you're killing it. Oh. I love following your stuff and oh you, my God, you have right your own podcast you. and you're doing, you know, these retreats like that is so, so cool. I can already see how many people look up to you and they just feel inspiration from you. And they're just feeling like you're making a big difference. And like the voice you're giving people like me to like come on your show that already has credibility and all this stuff. It's like, you're giving a lot of people a voice and a chance to share and a chance for people to listen to and to, and to feel not alone. And it's just a really cool thing. Oh my gosh. Thanks for saying that. And all of that right back at you. I love following you. You're always just like, so just positive and like, how you explained it that you just feel like more alive now, like that comes through and you're making such a big difference as well. And it was so fun getting to chat with you. So fun. Oh my gosh. Do you have any last thing that you would want to say if someone's listening and they're struggling, maybe they're in the early days or they're struggling with their relationship with alcohol. Do you have anything that you'd want to say to that person? Yeah. You know, absolutely you know, this, this path of alcohol-free sobriety, you know, it's, it's not as dark and scary as it, it may be in your head right now. Mm. Um, you know, y- y- I don't know you, but I know you have another gear in you where you can do things you don't didn't think you can do. Right. Everyone has that gear. It's like, it's like being comfortable in the uncomfortable and pushing yourself and doing hard things. You have that gear. You just need to find it. You need to find it. So how do you find it? First of all, I would say lean in, like, like get curious, get curious, listen to podcasts, listen, uh, ask questions, um, you know, educate yourself, read books, uh, you know, use Google, like get engaged, get involved. And then like, I guess a a bit of a plug for me, it's like, I'm a recovery coach. Like, this is what I do. This is what I'm doing. I'm helping people. So like engage with Madeline, engage with me, engage with other people who are doing this, go to retreats, connect with other people, um, push yourself, push yourself. Cause that's the thing. It is scary. What you're doing. It's an uncharted territory thing. It's scary. Um, you're not alone. There are millions of people that are in the same boat. And actually you're in a unique place because you actually have that mindset. It's like, Hey, maybe something needs to change in my life. Maybe something needs to change. And you're curious. Not everyone has that self-awareness to know that they need to, to be curious because they're just like in, you know, like me, I was in la la land. It's okay, Luke. It's not so bad. You have the job, you have the things. So what, it's not that bad, but like being self-aware to like prioritize yourself is, is, is a gift is really a gift. So just, just use that, trust your instinct and just friggin' go for it. Just go for it. You know, and, and the other thing, the last thing, don't ever say the word like not drinking again, never drinking again. I don't say it. I never say that. I hate, <laughs> I don't like when people say, you know, Luke, like, what are you going to drink again? Luke, it's, you know, it's New Year's. Are you going to like, you know, right. I'm sure. They don't mean it maliciously, but it's like, I, I don't like answering that question. So don't, yeah. don't, uh, 
don't say to yourself, you're never going to drink again. Like what's why, why, why do that to yourself? So just take it, just take, literally take, I take it still a day at a time, yeah. one day at a time. That's a oh lot. I said a lot there. No, that was great. <laughs> okay. That was so great. <laughs> okay. So helpful. Couldn't agree more. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much for coming on. Where can people find you? Follow yeah, so you, everything. Marathon to sobriety is my call it Instagram name. My wife came up with it for me. It's like, uh, sobriety is a marathon. Sobriety is a marathon. It's like, there's no shortcuts. It's a, it's a one day at a time thing. Right. So, um, a marathon to sobriety, the number two, um, if you go on my website, marathon to sobriety.ca, um, I have a, a free guide I put together on how to be the life of the party sober. So oh, I love share that. that with some of your, uh, with some of your guests or with some of your listeners here and yeah, on Instagram. And I'm just, um, you know, I love, I love meeting new people and sharing my story and learning from others too. Um, and just, you know, connecting and, and, uh, and just trying to do this thing one day at a time. Oh, I love it. Thank you so much for coming on. It was so great chatting. Thanks, Madeline. Thank you so much for listening this week. Be sure to go give Luke a follow on Instagram and keep up with what he's doing. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to share it on social media or share it with a friend who you think would enjoy it. Rate, review, subscribe. Follow me on Instagram at Sober and at happiestsoberpodcast. I will chat with you next week. Remember that life is happiest when you're sober. Bye. It's easy to blame ourselves for our struggles with alcohol. We see people around us being able to control their drinking without any consequences, yet no matter what we try, we can't seem to figure it out for ourselves. My name is Jillian Teets, and I am the host of the Sober Powered Podcast, where I use my biochemistry background to explain the latest research in addiction and help you understand both why you drink the way you do and how to develop the skills and mindset you need to find freedom from alcohol. I discuss topics like why we think about our drinking 24-7, why we have no off switch, and why we crave alcohol. If you're struggling with your drinking or you know someone who is, then I hope that you will check out the Sober Powered Podcast. New episodes every Friday. See you there.